0: From Hollywood, the Hollywood Radio Theater. Starring Susan Hayward, David Wayne, Rory Calhoun, Thelma Ritter, Robert Wagner, and Jane Crowder, voice in With a Song in My Heart. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Irving Cummings.
1: Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight is a gala evening in the Radio fit, because once again it is our pleasure to present the screenplay that the American moviegoers have chosen as the most popular picture selected in a nationwide poll conducted by PhotoPlay magazine. With a song in my heart, is not only great entertainment, highlighted with wonderful acting and singing, but it's the true story of a courageous and talented woman gallant Jane Frohman, a young woman who a few years ago was lucky to be alive. But just a few weeks ago, we witnessed a modern miracle, Jane Frohman's ultimate triumph over unbelievable handicaps. We saw Jane Frohman dancing on her own television show. And as our stars from the original cast of this inspiring 20th century Fox screen hit, we have one of the finest actresses in Hollywood, Susan Hayward. Susan will also receive the PhotoPlay Gold Medal Award as the Actress of the Year, whose performance was most enjoyed by the fans. And as our co-stars, a wonderful array of talent, Rory Calhoun, Thelma Ritter, David Wayne, and Robert Wagner. And it's wonderful to meet the world with a song in your heart. Because you'll have a special radiance for everyone to see. Now, with a song in my heart, starring Susan Hayward as Jane Froman, Elmer Ritter as Clancy, David Wayne as Don Ross, Rory Calhoun as John Byrne, and Robert Wagner as The Soldier. At a radio station in Cincinnati, a girl named Jane Frohman was reporting for an audition, and as always, in a terrible hurry. There was a man alone in the studio. Naturally, Jane assumed he was the director, waiting to listen to her.
2: Oh, good morning. I'm sorry I'm late, but there was a terrible traffic jam.
1: There was? I didn't
3: know.
2: I'm Jane Frohman. Oh, Paul Whiteman spoke to you about me, remember? Paul Whiteman? Yes. I have his card here somewhere. Oh, here it is. He wrote something on the back of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Apparently, he thinks you're pretty good. Well, what experience have you had?
2: Well, I've sung once for the Cincinnati Symphony, and last month at one of Mrs. Taft's teas. And
3: Mrs. Robert Taft's teas?
2: Uh-huh. And before that at the Grand Central Theater in St. Louis. I was billed as the blues-singing co-ed from Missouri U.
3: You don't say. Well, uh, what would you like to sing for me?
2: Well, I brought several things along. Uh, let's see. Do you know this one? Oh, you can accompany me?
3: Well, in my own humble way. Ready? Okay, let's go.
4: I saw you last night and got that all feeling
2: when you came inside. Uh, wait a
3: Pardon me, your 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 hands, the gestures. May I ask what this is all about?
2: Well, I understood you're looking for a hot singer.
3: Miss Froman, you're a very nice looking young lady. For all I know, you may even have a good voice. But in show business, you've got to have a lot more. You've got to know how to walk, how to smile, what to do with your hands. Well, just now I thought you were... Look, you're singing a song, not waving to a bunch of immigrants on Ellis Island.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. May I try it again?
3: Only if you sing it right and not the way you think somebody else might like it, okay? Okay. From the heart.
4: I saw you last night And got that old...
3: Oh, come in, come in, come right in. Thank you. Uh, uh, this is Miss Froman,
5: one of Paul Whiteman's
3: protégés.
5: I thought I told you if there were any openings for the sort of singing you do, that I'd let you know. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. But as I sat here, letting these unhappy words
3: sink in, Miss Froman appeared. She mistook me for you, so I'm auditioning her.
2: You're not the director?
3: No, no, he is. Go ahead, show him your card, Miss Roman. Now,
5: hold no, that won't be necessary. I'm on my way to
3: lunch then and I. Stand don't have... over there. Go on, where you what? can see her. This is this you gotta hear. <laughs>
2: really, don't you think if I just.
3: Uh, sing the number, Miss Froman, and remember what I told you.
4: I saw you last night. And got the
5: no, no, that's not it at all. We're looking for a hot singer, one with a lot of... Uh, verve? Uh, Exactly. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, Miss Roman,
5: the Ellis Island version.
4: I saw you last night and got that whole
2: feeling when you came inside. Uh, I uh, don't like
5: it. I I think we can find a spot for you doing commercials. Ten dollars a program.
2: Ten dollars?
5: Well, if you don't want it, just say so.
2: Oh, but I do want it. Very much.
5: All right, then be in my office tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We'll start you out on Jim's Toasty Peanuts. No, brother. <laughs> By the way... Uh, yes, sir? I seem to have forgotten your name. Don Ross. Yes. Well, this piano is for studio use only. Our studio,
2: not yours.
5: Yes, sir. Goodbye, Miss Probe.
2: Goodbye. Oh, and thank you. You it, me? Why oh, I know. Should I be?
3: After all, I almost lost the job for you. Yes.
2: But then... Of course, you're right. He's wrong.
3: How's that again, ma'am?
2: Give me credit for having a little sense, Mr. Ross. Besides, now that I've got the job, I'll sing my way. Excuse me, your way. May
3: I ask you one more question? As
2: many as you'd like.
3: How'd you like some lunch?
2: Frankly, I'd love
3: it. Okay, I'll buy you a peanut butter sandwich. I might even make it Jim's toasty kind. After all, you gotta plug the product. <laughs> Yes, Jane was on her way, and the way led straight to the top. In a matter of months, she was in Chicago, starring in the stage show at one of those great big movie palaces on State Street. And the manager had suddenly decided to give her a big
2: raise in salary. John, you were fantastic. Why, it's a fortune. Oh, but I feel terrible about your job, though. What
3: job? The only reason they even let me out on that stage was because I said you wanted me there.
2: And don't you think
3: I didn't? Now, if... They had been firm about offering you $750. I might have argued with them. But at a thousand bucks a week, well, I'll be delighted to look for work elsewhere.
2: You've got a job. You're managing me.
3: Which brings up the next problem. Where'd you like to eat?
2: Oh, don't ask me. I'm a stranger in town. But I'm feeling mighty rich. Let's go somewhere we can't afford.
3: Spoken like a leading lady. Hey, taxi!
2: Hey, taxi!
3: course, if we got married, you wouldn't have to worry about where to eat. We could just go home and eat.
2: Oh, Don, please, let's not go into that again.
3: I'm sorry, I forgot. When you were five, your father tipped his hat and rode away. It's
2: nothing to joke about. Uh, the taxi! Taxi!
3: So one marriage goes on the rocks, does that mean they all have to?
2: I've seen too much of the other side
3: of it. Okay, consider it unsaid.
2: But I can't forget it either, the way you've helped me, all the things you've done. Taxi!
3: You're so rich, you can't even get a taxi cab.
2: <laughs> Come on, let's walk up an advertise.
3: After Chicago, Jane had only one place to go, New York, the capital of show business. From her first performance, Jane was in. Meanwhile, what about me? Well, I'll bite, what about me? Oh, I managed a few jobs here and there, even a trip to Hollywood for a movie test. But as soon as I was back in New York again...
2: Don! Well, come on in. I thought you were still in California.
3: Well, we all make mistakes, you know. Miss me?
2: Like a front tooth. What about your picture?
3: Listen, if those birds think I'm going to stay in Hollywood just to play a stooge for Victor Mature... Besides, if I'm out there, who's going to run out and get you a jar of cold cream if you need it?
2: Oh, I was so in hopes this would be the break you've been waiting for. Don... Maybe if you talk to them. Look,
3: look, who cares? The chief gives you a nice ride and plenty of time to read the papers, especially Winchell's column. You and that Long Island polo player.
2: (laughs) Him? He's all right. He's fun. Not a brain in his head.
3: But quite a bundle in the bank.
2: Oh, he's down to his last million or two.
3: Reduced to that, huh? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what were you saying?
2: I wasn't saying anything. There was something you said about running out and getting me a jar of cold cream when I needed it.
3: Oh, it's just a way of talking.
2: You know, it's true. I've, I've let you do so many things for me. Well,
3: I'm the slave type. I like doing them. And you know how I feel. The question is, how do you feel?
2: I don't know what to say, Don. You've been so wonderful to me. Mm-hmm.
3: But you're not in love with me, is that it?
2: Well, I didn't say that. It's just... Well, I'm not sure. Maybe I am in love with you.
3: Okay, That's good enough for me. They tell me there's been quite a run on marriages lately. War fever or something. Anyway, how about dropping down to City Hall with me some morning?
2: You really want me to do that?
3: Look, suppose I put it another way for a change. I'm a poor little sheep who's lost his way. And you, baby, you're big business. I need you, you need me. The perfect setup for matrimonial bliss. Also, think how economical it'd be if we ever went on tour. Two for the price of one. (laughs) Oh,
2: Don, be serious. I am.
3: You're not still stewing about your mother and what happened to her marriage.
2: No, it's not that. It's just that I want to be sure. Maybe this is a silly thing to say, but I want a home, Don. A real home. Well, now, what do you call
3: this? A shanty, an old shanty town?
2: I don't mean just a house.
3: Look, if it'll relieve your mind, I'll give you my word that as cook, dishwasher, lover boy, I'll be strictly five Beta capital. What more could you wish for than that?
2: I can't think of a single thing, Mr. Ross.
3: Then the answer is yes.
2: The answer is
1: yes.
3: So Jane and I were married, and we lived happily ever. Well, at least we were married, and for the next few years, Jane's career grew bigger and better than ever. Meantime, I went on beating my brains out trying to write what is called, for want of a better word, music.
2: You're crazy. It's a wonderful song. I told you that when you first started working on it.
3: Listen, don't kid me. I'm the guy that wrote
2: it. Oh, now, don't be silly. Come back here and play it.
3: Will you stop trying to give me that old build-up stuff? And for heaven's sake, stop feeling sorry for me.
2: Nobody's feeling sorry for you. I'm just trying to get you to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Well... Come on, stop acting like a two-year-old. Play it. (laughs) Why is it that you can sell me, sell everybody, but not yourself?
3: If you want to hear the number, okay, but please, no riddles. All right. A few nights later, Jane sang my number at the nightclub. And she came back to the dressing room.
2: Well, you see, what did I tell you?
3: Nothing I didn't already know.
2: But the song went wonderfully. You heard the applause.
3: Sure, sure, they applauded. You could sing a nursery rhyme, Baby, and they'd applaud, but, oh, I'm really cooked. What's Roman trying to do? Make a songwriter out of her husband? Can't he find anybody else to sing his tripe?
2: I'm sorry. I was only trying to
3: help. Sure, sure you were. But don't you see what you're really doing is killing me?
2: Look, Don, nobody can write anything good feeling the way you do. Why don't you try something else for a while?
3: Well, I thought it would get around to that. Maybe I should get out of show business altogether.
2: I didn't mean that. You know I didn't.
3: Okay, what did you mean?
2: Just that you should stop worrying about me and think about your own career.
3: What career? vaudeville? It doesn't exist anymore.
2: Well, there are plenty of jobs a man with your experience can do.
3: I suppose you call managing you nothing.
2: Of course it's something. It's terribly important, but if it's going to make you unhappy and jealous... And jealous?
3: Well, now that's a new one. You seem to have forgotten that the first time I saw you, you didn't even know how to use oh, your...
2: Oh, the use, Don? It always ends up in the same old argument.
3: As you say, what's the use?
2: Don, look. I know it isn't easy for you. It isn't easy for any man being married to a woman in the spotlight. Why don't I give it up? Are you crazy? Well, if it's going to spoil our marriage, it just isn't worth it. Not to me, anyway. Let's start all over again and concentrate on you for a change.
3: No, thanks. Nobody's going to make that kind of a sacrifice for me. Good night.
2: Where are you going? Out. Aren't you going to take me home?
3: You've got another show to do. But I... I may be back, maybe not. Who can tell? Well, what do you want?
2: Sorry, Mr. Ross. Five minutes, Miss Browman. I'll be out there, Eddie.
3: Sure, sure she'd be out there. Jane never missed. And each time better than ever.
4: my
0: We'll continue with this week's production of the Hollywood Radio Theater in just a moment. Make a friend, and you make an ally. There's a thought for you to keep in mind, as many another American has. In 1864, Clara Barton gave up a successful job in the patent office in Washington and devoted the rest of her life to bringing physical and mental aid to the wounded and dying on the battlefield. At first, it was the soldiers of the American Civil War. But when the war ended, she was forced to go abroad to recuperate from nervous exhaustion. While she was in Switzerland, Napoleon declared war on Prussia. Clara Barton was urged to return to her own country, but she refused. She felt it was her duty to remain in Europe and help the wounded of this new war. It didn't make any difference to her if they were French or Prussian. She didn't ask the nationality of the sufferer when she stopped the flow of blood from a soldier's wound. In spite of many inconveniences and hardships, she traveled across the rugged German countryside to reach the Prussian front lines. But there, she was told that the only way she could be allowed into a front line camp would be as a prisoner of war. Clara Barton agreed, and as a prisoner until the end of the war, she continued to do her work with the wounded Prussian soldiers. After the war, she remained in Europe to help the defeated French. When she sailed for home in 1873, grateful Europeans bestowed on her many medals of honor, including the Gold Cross of Remembrance, the Jewel of the Red Cross, and the Iron Cross of Merit. Once again, an unselfish American had discovered that by helping others, you help your country. Now our producer, Mr. Cummings.
1: Act two of With a Song in My Heart, starring Susan Haywood as Jane Froman, David Wayne as Don Ross, Rory Calhoun as John Byrne, Thelma Ritter as Clancy, and Robert Wagner as the soldier. Jane
3: and I patched that one up, of course. We always did. But something had happened to us, to our marriage. The world was having its troubles, too. Yes, this was December of 1941. Anyway, Jane was now singing at the Roxy and one night in her dressing room.
2: On, but I'll be out there in plenty of time. I'm all ready except for my makeup. How'd it go at the canteen? Oh, wonderfully. The GIs just ate it up.
3: By the way, I've got a present for you. Two of them, in fact. Oh. Yeah, some fan of yours from Syracuse. She bought it herself.
2: A gold cross.
3: And yeah, she said to be sure to wear it for luck.
2: That was very sweet of her. Did you thank her?
3: Mm-hmm. With accompanying gestures all the way to the door.
2: <laughs> and what's the other present? Here. Sea sick pill.
3: Uh-huh. They called up from uh, USO headquarters. They want you to be ready to leave for London on 24-hour notice. Now hurry up. We can talk about it after the show.
6: It was at this precise moment that I ended the story. My name, John Byrne, occupation commercial airlines pilot, Together with an old friend, I'd fought my way into the Roxy to see and hear a girl who had long been my favorite singer. And the very next day, as fate would have it, when Jane was on a plane bound for London, I showed up once again, only this time doing my job as a member of the plane's crew. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the crew, I want to welcome you aboard. It's all right to unfasten your seat belts now, and... If there are any questions,
0: uh, what's it look like? The weather ahead.
6: Very good, General. Clear all the way. Incidentally, each of you has been assigned a seat. We'll appreciate it if you occupy the same seat on all takeoffs and landings. I've forgotten why, but the company prefers it that way.
7: <laughs>
6: now, if there's anything we can do, please let us know. Meanwhile, thanks and have a nice day. The flight was strictly routine. The passengers happy, the ship on her best behavior. We're over Portugal now, and it was time for me to make another little speech. I hate to break this up, ladies and gentlemen, but we're now approaching Lisbon. We'll land on the Tagus River in exactly three minutes. So take your seats, please, and fasten your seat belts. And no
8: smoking. It'll take me three minutes to get my face on. Hold this, will you, Jane?
2: Mm? Oh, sure. I hope we get a chance to see something of Lisbon. I hear it's a beautiful city.
8: Oh, my goodness.
2: I'm in the wrong seat again. Oh, that doesn't matter. I'll take yours. Oh, but the co-pilot, that Mr. Byrne, he told us to occupy the same seat on all takeoffs and landings. What possible difference can it make whether Jane Froman sits there or Jennifer Marsh? To them, we're just seat numbers anyhow. Yes, I guess you're right. I can't imagine what I was thinking.
6: crashed into the bay so close to Lisbon Harbor that the rescue of the survivors was underway in a matter of moments. They rushed us to a hospital. I was lying on a cot next to Jane. At the time, I was too days to know what was going on. But later, when the doctor came back to us...
1: the nurse tells me that you wish to know the truth.
2: Yes. I want to know.
1: Your right leg is almost severed below the knee. It is a compound fracture, Centauri. There are also three broken ribs and a crushed left ankle. It uh, may be necessary to amputate your right leg. Doctor. Yes?
2: If you do decide to amputate, would you please tell me first?
1: I will tell you, Senor. Nurse, get her ready for surgery.
2: Yes, doctor. Nurse. What were they saying about him before? Him who? Over there, the co-pilot, Mr. Byrne. Nothing.
8: Nothing at all. Just a lot of Portuguese double talk. They don't think he
2: has much chance, do they?
8: Where'd you get that idea? He's fine. Now relax, kid. I got to give you another shot.
6: There were 15 of us who survived the plane crash. 15 out of 39. Unfortunately, Jennifer March, who had seats with Jane just for that one landing, wasn't one of them. You wonder why things like that happen. Why, when they raised the wreckage of the plane, the only thing of Jane's they recovered was that little gold cross given to her by a kid from Syracuse she'd never even seen. Anyway, a lot of weeks have gone by and we're still in a hospital. By now, they're letting us spend part of the day in a solarium.
8: All right, open your traps and swallow them down.
6: Pills? Not again, Clancy.
8: You ought to be grateful I'm not still sticking you in the caboose with the needle. Thanks. Here. How you doing, kid? Oh,
2: just fine, Clancy.
6: Hey, Clancy, uh, how'd you ever get to be a nurse?
2: Yes, and what are you doing in Lisbon? Question one, I was hit over the head
8: with a pair of forceps at birth. When I came to, I was in uniform. <laughs> Question two, when the war broke out, I joined an ambulance corps from Flatbush to get away from my relative. That answer you?
2: Right on the nose.
8: I'll see you later. Stay in that wheelchair, Mr. Byrne, and stop asking stupid questions.
2: Don't you just love her?
6: I'd elope with her if I weren't already in love with you.
2: Oh, stop it.
6: I mean it, Jane. I hadn't a right to say that, did I? No. Even though it's true? I know you're not happy the way things have been. Well, shall I go on, or have I already said too much?
2: I admit there's a bond between us. Well, that's only natural after all we've been through.
6: It's more than that, and you know it. Ever since that first night, we've clung to each other. We've depended on each other.
2: Maybe that's because we like the same things, the same books, the same music. Jane,
6: people can't go through what we've been through and go right on acting
3: as if nothing had happened. Uh, pardon me, but somebody's got company. Hey! Don! Remember me? Oh, where in the world did you... Flew over. How else? FDR gave us a priority. He wants me to bring you home. Now, let me look at you. I didn't know what to expect to crack up like that, but you look swell.
2: Well, I'm all right.
3: They tell me you're going to be fine. Maybe a little operation or two on the leg, but at least everything's under control.
2: Well, that's what they tell me. I hope they're right. Oh, Don, this is Mr. Byrne, John, my husband, Don Ross.
3: Oh, so you're John Byrne, one of the pilots. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, Look, I've got passage for us next Tuesday, a Portuguese steamer. Maybe a little rugged, but I want to get you home where we can really take care of you. Think you can make it?
8: We'll make it. Clancy, you'll go with us. Remember those relatives I was telling you about? Just got a wire. Two of them's been drafted. (laughs) Just as like to show up here as anywhere, so it's back to Flatbush for me. You ready to go to your room, Mr. Byrne?
7: Uh,
3: yes, please. It's, uh...
6: Nice to have met you, Mr. Ross.
3: Yeah, sure. See you later. Seems like a nice guy. He yeah. is. Hurt bad?
2: His back. A couple of fractured vertebrae. Well, tell me. Did you have a nice flight over?
3: Just a breeze. Not a bump all the way.
8: I guess it's my turn now to horn in on the story. Me, I'm the nurse, Clancy. Well, we went home to New York, smack into another hospital, and a brand new set
2: of doctors. Well, doctor,
3: what did those x-rays tell you?
2: Yes. Am I still (laughs) photogenic?
0: It's a beautiful picture.
1: But I'm afraid that bone is knitting the way it should. (gasps)
2: Well, what are we going to do about it?
1: Well, I'd say a bone graft is indicated, but I can't guarantee success great deal depends on the patient, Mr. Ross. good patient can make a bad doctor look awfully good. You a good patient? Terrible. When do you operate? I'd like to arrange it for tomorrow morning.
2: I was booked to ride in the 4th at Belmont tomorrow. You can always be scratched. <laughs> well, see that I am, Clancy. No use keeping the doctor waiting.
1: Uh, Mr. Ross, I want to show the x-rays to Dr. Jameson.
3: I'd like you to be present. Of course.
2: Take it easy, Jane. I'll be right back. They're going to take my leg off, Clancy. Yeah, who said so? He didn't have to say so. I know.
8: You don't want to pay any attention to doctors. They got a view with alarm so that later they can point with pride, you know, like politicians. You stay put, kid. I'll get it. Hello?
6: Clancy from Flatbush. Still
8: true to me? Well, welcome home. Sure I'm true to you. Wait a minute. Who is it? Don't be so nosy. Here. Hello?
3: Hi. John.
2: John, where are you?
6: Doctor's hospital. They flew me in this morning straight to the x-ray room. They tell me I'm cured. Now, when can I see you? Today, this afternoon?
2: Well, I, I'm not going to be able to see anybody for a while. But tell me, how are you? How was everything in Lisbon when you left?
6: Don't change the subject. You have missed me, haven't you? Never mind, don't answer that. I just wanted to hear your voice. Besides, a nurse here screaming at me. They want me to pose again. I'll be seeing you, Jane.
2: Yes, John.
6: And soon,
3: too. Goodbye.
8: Goodbye. You're going to see him again?
2: If he wants to come. Oh, Clancy. What am I going to do? Oh, there, there. Now, none of that. I've never known anyone like him. When he's with me, I don't even hurt as much. I know. I know. I don't want to hurt Tom, but for the first time in my life, I'm really in love. I tried not to think about him. I keep telling myself that nothing will come of it. But I need him, and I want to see him. Clancy, what should I do? Well,
8: well, the first thing you should do is stop acting like a female. When you're through with all this, you'll have plenty of time to decide. But right now, let's do what the doctor said, huh? Give him a break, right? Right. That's my girl. The next morning, they operated on Jane once again, and hours later, back in her room. Nancy. I'm here, honey. Now, now you go back to sleep. Rest is what you need. Uh,
2: Blancy.
8: how do you feel, kid? Still
2: a little woozy? My, huh? My... My leg.
8: Don't worry, kid. It's still here. Oh.
1: We'll continue shortly with Act Three of With a Song in My Heart.
0: Make a friend, and you make an ally. There's a thought for you to keep in mind, as many another American has. When Mark Twain first traveled abroad, he hit upon an idea which was to bring a note of seriousness to his writing. He decided to tour Europe and write a series of articles which might erase the existing prejudices that Americans had for foreigners and vice versa. He wrote about the questionable behavior of some American tourists abroad and about the European stubborn refusal to recognize the fact that such Americans were not an honest picture of their countrymen. Well, gradually, people all over the world became interested enough in his writings to buy his books. Through them, they learned to understand and respect each other. After his marriage, he and his wife visited Australia, New Zealand, Ceylon, and India, and his writings continued to strengthen the bond of international friendship. In words, is an example of his understanding of people. I came to England, he once wrote, with the intention of writing a devastating satire on your form of life. I anticipated finding great humor in your English culture and your social customs. Instead, I found English home life to be a substantial and altogether admirable institution. Your society furnishes examples to be followed rather than satirized. You've given me a fuller understanding of your country and your people. He also gave America a fuller understanding of England, for he discovered that by helping others, you help your country. We pause now for station identification.
1: The curtain rises on Act Three of With a Song in My Heart, starring Susan Hayward as Jane Froman, Rory Calhoun as John Byrne, Thelma Ritter as Clancy, David Wayne as Don Ross, and Robert Wagner as the soldier.
8: Yes, Jane still had her leg after that operation, and her heart and her courage and That's why, some months later, she was back again on the stage. The show was artists and models. Here was a girl with a 35-pound cast on her leg who'd have to be carried off and on the stage 22 times a performance. Jane went on, but it was too much to expect. And we took her back to the hospital. More consultations, more bone grafts, more operations. 21, 22... I even began to lose track of them. Those dreary weeks of agony went on and on. I'm so sick of it,
2: Clancy. I'm sick of all of it. They know I'll never walk again. Why don't they just go ahead and cut it off and be done with it? Who says you'll never walk again? I do. And I'm fed up with hearing you and everybody else say that I will. I know I'll never be a normal woman again. I'll never dance. I'll never... I hope they do take it off. I'll be glad to get it over with. I'm tired of fighting, Clancy. I've had enough.
8: You're tired, huh? Well, I got news for you. I'm tired, too. But let's get one thing straight right now. Nobody feels sorry for themselves around me. Nobody cries on my shoulder. And the minute they start it, they can get themselves another girl. Because I got more important things to do with my life. And If you've got your heart set on being a freak or an invalid, that's okay with me. Because you've still got your face and your voice. That'd be enough for some women. But not you. Because you just haven't got what it takes. Got.
6: <laughs> What's the matter with you, Clancy?
7: Shut up before I knock your block, off. <laughs>
8: Whether that bit of ham acting did it or not, I don't know. But we didn't have any more of that kind of talk. And In fact, as soon as the doctors gave the word, J- Jane was right in there pitching again. You see, it uh, costs a lot of money to be sick, so it was work or else.
2: Don, you know I never like to be out front before a show, even in a nightclub.
3: What's the matter? Superstitious?
2: I'm afraid it might spoil the illusion if they see me in a wheelchair or on crutches.
3: Sorry, but I thought this would be a good chance to talk here in public where we can't go emotional.
2: What's there to talk about?
3: I happen to know how often you've been seeing John Byrne.
2: Well, I've never tried to hide it. It's all been open and above board.
3: All I want is a simple answer. Is it me or him?
2: Do we have to decide that now?
3: I've got two shows to do. You can't keep putting it off forever, Jane.
2: I know it's tragic what's happened to us, to our marriage, but... Don't talk as if we'd done something wrong because we haven't. But there has to be a showdown sometime, and it might as
3: well be now. Especially since Byrne is here. Here? Well, look. John! Hello! Glad you could make it, Byrne. Sit down. Thanks. I forgot to tell you, Jane, I asked Mr. Byrne to drop by. Now, if you two will excuse me, I've got to make a phone call.
2: He doesn't have to make a phone call. I know. He thinks it's time for a showdown.
6: So do I. What's the answer, Jane?
2: I'm not going to see you again.
6: Is is that what you
2: want? I don't know. Maybe not, but but that's the way it has to be. He's still my husband.
6: I'll still write you. I'll I'll still phone.
2: I won't answer.
6: It's really because you're not sure about your leg, isn't it? As if that could affect the way I feel about you.
2: Max! Max! Max, can you help me, please?
6: Certainly,
4: Miss Broman.
2: I want to go back to my dressing room. But, Jane... Please, not now.
7: Good night, John.
3: Oh, you're
6: back. All alone? Yes, uh, Ross, if you don't mind, I... I think I'll run
3: along. But you can't walk out just before Jane's number. You're going to see one of the greatest entertainers in the business tonight. Well? Okay. Okay, I'll stay.
8: Jane stood next to the piano. They'd figured out a way to sort of prop her up there. But to look at her, to hear her, you'd never know in a million years that anything was wrong.
4: Embrace me, you. Baba, I want my arms above you Don't be a naughty baby Come to Mama, come to Mama, do
2: I see we have the army with us tonight Now, how would you like to come up here with me? No, no, not you, the boy in back
7: Oh, come on.
2: Well, that's more like it. How do you do? Hello. My, you're good looking. You going steady?
1: Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh.
2: Well, you are from now on. You know, you're a very brave man to come up here.
0: (laughs) Tell that to my sergeant there. Come a little closer. Don't be bashful.
2: Tell me, can you sing too? Not me. Can't you even hum a little?
6: I'm afraid not.
2: All right, but if you change your mind, you just join right in. Okay?
6: Yeah, I I guess so.
2: All right, here we go.
4: I love all the many
7: charms about you. Ba-ba-ba.
2: What's the matter, soldier? Still nervous? My hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) Just put them around my waist and I'll know where they are.
4: Naughty, baby. Come to mama. mama.
2: Clancy, Now, what about you? How'd you like to go overseas again to the USO?
8: About as much as I'd like to get kicked in the head by a mule.
2: (laughs) Well, of course, the army might think it's too great a nuisance carting me around, but I'm certainly no good to myself or anyone else here. Maybe I could do a little good over there. And uh,
8: what about Buster? Don, it
2: should be a relief to him.
8: And how about the wild blue yonder? Now, Clancy...
2: You know just as well as I do that as long as there's a chance I might lose this leg, I can't even. Uh,
8: look, look, now, this's got nothing to do with you, you understand? But did you ever think how nice it would be for a dame if she could forget about how she looked for a change? You know, just sit back and relax and say to herself, you know, maybe there was something else this guy married me for. Like maybe he was in love with me, or maybe he admired my spirit or something.
2: <laughs> oh, Clancy, you're wonderful. Hand me those pogo sticks. Where are you crutching off to? To tell Don. Need any help? Nope. Oh, and call Mr. Soon at the USO, will you? Ask him to come right over.
8: Well, that's how come that Jane began a tour of the GI camps all over Europe. The voice and the crutches. 30,000 miles in seven different countries. And one day, in one of the hospital wards.
4: They're either
8: too young or too old. They're either too
4: gray or too grassy green. The pickens are poor and the crop is lean. What's good is in the army. What's left will never harm me. They're either too old or too young. So darling, you'll never get stalled. Tomorrow I'll go hiking with that Eagle Scout unless... I get a call from Grandpa for a snappy game of chess. I'm finding it easy to stay good as gold. They're either too young or too old. They're either too warm or too cold. They're either too fast or too fast asleep. So darling, believe me, I'm yours to keep.
7: There isn't
4: any gravy. The gravy's in the Navy. They're either too fresh or too stale. There is no available mail. I will confess to one romance I'm sure you will allow. He tries to serenade me, but his voice is changing now. I'm finding it easy to keep things controlled. They're either too young or too
7: old.
2: anybody here from Missouri? Missouri? Oh, come on, now. There must be somebody here from Missouri. Well, that's still a state in the Union, isn't it? There's one, Miss Brom and him over there. Stand up, soldier. Don't be bashful. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh, no, not him,
8: Clancy. Why not? What's wrong with him? Shellshock. I'd I better stop him. No, just leave him alone.
2: She can handle him.
8: Hi there.
2: What part of Missouri are you from? Don't tell me you're from my own hometown. Not from Clinton. No? Well, let me guess then. St. Louis. Independent. All right, I give up. You tell me.
5: Charlottesville.
2: Charlottesville, Missouri?
4: Virginia.
2: Oh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Well, that's close enough to Missouri for me. I... I suppose all the girls say this, but haven't I seen you someplace before? Yes. Where? Love, Love Riviera Club, New York. Why, of course. Embraceable you. Why, we did half the act together. How would you like me to sing something now, just for you? You would? All right, you name it. I'll... I'll walk alone. I love that song. It's one of my favorites. I can't believe it, Clancy. That boy hasn't spoken ten words since he came here.
4: I'll walk
7: alone
4: Because to tell you the truth I'll be lost Walk alone.
7: they'll ask me why, and I'll tell them I Always
4: be wherever you are, each night in every place And your love and your kisses to
7: God.
8: Well, just about then, Don Ross in New York decided to make a long-distance phone call. No, not to Jane, but to John Byrne, who happened to be stationed in Miami, Florida. Byrne?
3: Hello. This is Don Ross in New York. How are you?
6: I'm fine. How are you? How's Jane?
3: Oh, she's fine, fine. Uh, still overseas, but about ready to head back home. That's why I called you. I thought you might like to know that I won't be around when she lands.
7: Won't be around.
3: That's right, that's right. About time, I looked after myself for a change, isn't it?
6: Well, well, when's she arriving?
3: How should I know? You can check if you're interested.
6: Why are you telling me all this?
3: Why? Because I'm a great guy, see? But great. Jane and I were washed up long ago. I didn't want to walk out on her while she was still having trouble, but now that she's doing okay again, why... Why stick around and pretend?
7: Uh, I I see.
6: Thanks. Thanks for calling.
3: Yeah, well that's it, Byrne.
6: Thanks again.
7: Bye.
8: Have you completed your call, sir? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Goodbye, James, darling.
8: home from Europe, a lot of those wounded GIs threw a big party for us. A cake with candles and everything. Always oh, quite an occasion. Yeah,
0: well go on, oh, oh, Give it, it on. Oh, All right, now cut it out.
3: Miss Froman, I ain't gonna make no speech, but well, you're going home tomorrow and us guys want to tell you just one thing. Well, we want to thank you for coming over. Well, it sure meant a lot to us. And
2: Anyhow, this cake, it's for you. Thank you. Go ahead, read the card. I. Yeah, you read it, Clancy. Hmm? Oh. To Jane
8: Froman, a great soldier who, though wounded herself,. Didn't forget us wounded. On voyage, the gang.
2: Men, there'll never be another night like this. With all my heart, thank you.
6: Well, it's me again, John Byrne. Yes, Jane came home, and I was there to meet her. And some time later, the newspapermen of New York held their annual ball, quite a colorful and glamorous event, and they invited us to be present.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, for those of us in show business, on newspapers, or who are just plain ordinary music listeners, This is an occasion of special significance and pride. For among those who are being honored tonight is a very wonderful singer and a very great lady who has just been named the most courageous entertainer of the year. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, Miss Jane Froman.
4: With a song in my heart When the music swells, I'm touching
0: moment, our stars will return. The Navy Enlisted Men's Club in Tokyo is a pretty nice place where the men of the Navy can sit around and talk, read, or play cards on off-duty hours. It's a pretty nice place in another way, too. There's a box on the bar for the spare change of the sailors, and every penny that's dropped into it goes for the support of their private orphanage called the Home of Affection. Over 50 boys and girls of all ages are fed, clothed, and educated there. The orphanage has formed its own self-government, and the children are learning what it's like to live by democratic rules. With the help of the enlisted men of our Navy, they're meeting the world with a new hope, a new dignity, and pride. Such acts by you and your friends today are shaping our world of tomorrow. Now, Mr. Cummings with our stars.
1: And here they are to receive our congratulations. Susan Hayward, Thelma Ritter, David Wayne, Rory Calhoun, and Robert Wagner. <laughs>
7: Susan,
1: our special congratulations go to you for your gold medal award as the actress of the year, whose performance was most enjoyed by the fans.
2: Well, believe me, Mr. Cummings, I'm... Very happy to receive such an honor. And I'm most especially happy to announce that Jane Froman will receive a gold medal award for the picture, too.
6: It was wonderful to have had Jane sing her own songs tonight.
3: Yes, and let's not forget all the other people who shared in the picture. The author of the late Lamar Trotty and Walter Lang for his splendid direction.
1: Yes, tonight they will receive photoplay gold medals. And our heartiest congratulations to 20th Century Fox, which produced with a song in my heart. And to all you stars who must be very proud of your studio.
8: Well, we are, Irving, and we know you have a soft spot in your heart for 20th. You made some of your best pictures there.
1: 20th always makes good pictures.
6: I think... I think 20th has put out a variety of good pictures lately.
3: For suspense, there's Niagara, starring Marilyn Monroe, Joseph Cotton, and Gene Peters. And for comedy, Taxi, starring Dan Daly and Constance Smith.
0: And what type of picture
1: are you presenting here next week, Irving? It's a musical drama adapted by Paramount Pictures from the famous stage play into a hit motion picture. It's the fascinating Lady in the Dark. And as our stars, we will have that popular actor, John Lund. And singing the charming music of Kurt Weil and Ira Gershwin will be none other than our own Judy Garland.
2: That's a wonderful evening, Irving. Good night, now.
0: Good Good night. night. Good night, all. Hollywood Radio Theater is a presentation of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.